Hello, Mississippi and abroad, and welcome to Justify Your Existence, the podcast that talks Ole Miss, MSU, and the SEC through the lens of Mississippi. I am Parrish Alford with the Northeast Mississippi Daily Journal. I'm the Ole Miss beat writer. I'm joined by Brad Henderson, Ole Miss baseball radio analyst. We're going to talk some baseball in the program today. The Rebels outscored midweek opponents Memphis and Jackson State by a combined 28-5. to in two games. We'll get to that in a moment. Folks, we want, to wank, we want to welcome our partner, thank our partner, the Oxford Park Commission, for coming along for the ride with Justify Your Existence. Lots going on at OPC right now. Registration is underway for the Mini Kickers, soccer instruction for kids ages two through five, led by Oxford High School soccer coach Hunter Crane. Youth baseball and softball registrations are also underway. They run through April the 4th. Brad, how you doing, man? I'm good, Parrish. I'm good. It's been a, been a lot of baseball in the past few days. There has been a lot of baseball, and, and there was even some bigger news uh, off the field. We're going to talk about that a little bit uh, as well. Tell me about uh, Alpha Insurance a little bit, Brad. I was, I was reading about you on the website, and it says Brad Henderson also covers Batesville and Tupelo. So what is your, uh, your radius? Well, obviously, we're centralized here here in Oxford, but yes, I, I do I do go to Batesville, I do go to Tupelo, uh, and, and I legally I go anywhere in the state. Uh, I can sell insurance in the state of Mississippi. So, if anybody out there is is not close, but, but would still like to call me or get in touch with me, I'd I'd love to visit with you. Well, that's great. Well, how do you uh, how do you meet the needs of people who are a little bit farther away, aren't necessarily in Oxford? Uh, is it a little more challenging, I guess, when you do branch out like that? Well, it, it is as far as as far as getting to them uh, often, but you know as well as I do, Parish, ninety nine percent of everything we do today is is on that little phone we carry around with us, and uh, you know we, as far as with the Alpha app, it's called Alpha to Go, and with the cell phone numbers and the emails. You, you, it, it's just unbelievable how, how quick we can we can be in touch with someone and and as far as claims goes it you know obviously that helps as well and you know uh brad the technology has been there for a while but we really uh in, in our business didn't didn't just really utilize it the way we have since the pandemic has come on and, and now just like almost everything we do uh is virtual and you know we, we miss that i, I miss the the personal connection of standing next to coaches and players and and, and watching uh, watching Brad Henderson walk out ahead of us and and get interviews with players before we do and I'm thinking come on guys we got a deadline Brad's just gonna go home and rest hey uh, Tate Reeves lifted restrictions this week uh, Brad a lot of people very excited uh, about that uh, more people will be coming to uh, baseball games at Swayze Field. What, what do you think about that? Is, is now the right time to do that? Yes, I, I think it is. And, and I, obviously there's been a lot of thought and preparation uh, between not only the, the government side of things, but, but as far as athletic directors go, I, I know I heard Keith Carter talking yesterday and he and John Cohen and Jeremy McLean down at Southern Miss have visited quite a bit. And, and they're not just jumping you know, all in right now. It's kind of going to be in phases, which I think is the right idea. But, yeah, I mean, we're almost 12 months into this parish. And, um, you know, I just feel like it, the, the, the vaccines are coming out. And, uh, you know, 
and if people make good decisions, you know, it, it, you don't have to go to games, you know, and, and, that, and that's your choice. But I, I'm just glad the people that are wanting to go may have the opportunity now by, by loosening some of the restrictions that we've had on us. Yeah, I, you don't know. You don't know how it's going to work out, but I, I think it's I think it's a good time to try. You know, and there was a there was a time earlier uh, in the pandemic when uh, when Governor Reeves loosened some restrictions and then decided he had to amp them up again. And you know, and still we've gotten where we are, and, and we are seeing some positive news in terms of uh, you know cases declining, hospitalizations declining. I think it's a good time to try, and uh, it's it's just. Uh, it just feels it feels different with that announcement, and and I do think the 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 layers of uh, of getting back to full capacity are necessary. And uh, I did hear I heard Keith uh, talking with uh, the guys on the uh, on Mississippi uh, Sports Talk, uh, Richard Cross uh, yesterday, and uh, he talked about uh, uh, logistically things that uh, need to be done at the stadium in terms of like. Uh, Hey, we've got, uh, you know, rows of seats that are roped off. I'm thinking, Keith, y'all can get that taken care of like in a few minutes, man. <laughs> but uh, I do think that the careful approach is is what you want here. And I, I thought it was interesting in the email that, uh, that the school sent out yesterday that uh, the school did not talk, the uh, media officials did not talk in terms of percentages. They talked about, hey, we're going to go ahead and renew all season ticket requests that came in before the February 1st deadline. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we're going to, uh, you know, let that go for a while. And then some single game tickets will be available. And they talked about uh, ticket availability more than, okay, Swayze Field is going to go from 25% to 50 and from 50 to 70. They're not dealing in percentages they're just kind of dealing and gradually working toward full capacity well to me somebody had to do it you know or or we were going to be stuck in our bubble for who knows how long you know and uh so it just looks like texas and mississippi decided to go ahead and and take that leap of faith but you know last week alabama announces you know september 1st you know the first football game we're getting 100,000 plus in, you know. Uh, so, really, we're not that far from football season, you know. No, it, it'll not. be here before we know it. So, I, I don't know. I, I think we're doing it the right way, taking it in, in phases. Uh, but, again, so, somebody had to be the first one. And, somebody and, had to be first. And, and, you know, this it's real different in saying uh, right now with vaccines coming out and, and positive news coming out, it's different mm-hmm. to say, okay, we're going to go ahead and try this, than saying we're we're going to go, we're going to be bullheaded and go ahead and, and do this with virus information that we had a year ago. Right. You know, it's 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 different, right? It's okay to uh, jump out and, and be first. Somebody had to be first. I think these football coaches are are kind of uh, enjoying, will enjoy watching baseball go through this to kind of get a read on, right. on on where things are. So anyway. Interesting times. Uh, I, I'm optimistic. I think it's going to go well, and uh, looking forward to seeing uh, more people uh, at Swayze Field beginning this weekend uh, against Belmont. But let's talk a little bit about uh, uh, the midweek games. Uh, big win, 16 to four over Memphis, and, and 12 to one last night uh, over uh, Jackson State. Brad, it's fun to go to these midweek games at Swayze and and, and see 
big hits and, and dominant pitching and, and get dollar hot dogs. But you, you have to be careful in walking away from these games thinking that the Rebels are a lot better than they were just uh, two or three days ago. Uh, and, and sometimes in these games, it, it looks like uh, the best thing you can do as a player is just work on your individual uh, game, on your individual craft. And, and I thought uh, Ole Miss pitchers uh, in two games really did a good job of uh, throwing the ball in the strike zone. Uh, what, what did you see? Yeah, the, well, the pitching was just dominant. Uh, and we knew they were going to be. Now, we didn't know they were going to have the performances they had against Memphis and Jackson State, but the, their numbers are just gaudy up until this point. Uh, but you're right. Offensively, I don't know that we're better. Uh, I mean, credit our guys for when the walk was getting to them, they took the walk or, or they, you know, Coach B last night said, you know, we earned a lot of those. They did, but as far as Offensive numbers go, I, you know, I don't know if we got better or not. It just – it was – the numbers went up. Uh, you know, I think going into Tuesday we were hitting 239 and we're at 260 now. So, you know, but again, it was it was one – it was two games of just – they were so erratic. The other team's pitching. Yeah. Number one, it's hard to get in rhythm. And number two, they just either walked or hit everybody on the planet – and we took advantage of it. But, uh, yeah, you're right. As far as just coming out of there saying, well, we've really turned the page, who knows at this point. But, you know, Brad, uh, I look at these numbers from the last two games, and, and I think, man, I'd still – I'd like to see 12 hits, 13 hits in a game. I mean, I'd like to see, uh, you know, more balls leaving the park. And, and those numbers aren't there. But uh, are they not there because these guys weren't throwing the pitches in the zone or weren't, weren't close to the zone? I mean, that, that comes into play a little bit, don't you think? Yeah, I think that has a lot to do with it. I mean, if you've got a, a, a staff, for the most part, that's just erratic, it, I mean, it's hard to get in rhythm. You know, it's hard to look for this pitch or look for this pitch because, you know, one of them's three foot outside and the other one's three foot up and in. And, you know, it, you, you can't get comfortable in there. Um but again, everybody's gonna harp on the average, which they should. Two sixty is not very good through through nine games. Um, but you look at we scored seventy runs, opponents scored twenty nine. You know that that's a number that kind of stands out to me. And this is a good baseball team, but but I'm I'm kind of like you. They're they need these these veteran guys, Leatherwood, Graham. Elko, Baker, you know, that, that whole – they're all 250 and below, you know. And for, for this team to go where it's got to go or wants to go, those numbers have got to increase dramatically. And, and Brad, you mentioned that there are three guys that come to mind when you start talking about veterans who, who I think need to elevate their game, okay? I want to talk about Tim Elko, take him out of this group and, and make him a separate discussion. Separate point here in just a second. But last year, it just seemed like Hayden Leatherwood, Cale Baker, and Ben Van Cleve, three first-year junior college guys, three transfers, three guys new to SEC baseball. It just seemed like they hit everything. Okay. Right. Now, now, Baker was a little bit different, had that mm -hmm. monster weekend against Louisville, and, and then he kind of tailed off a little bit. But but there was such anticipation every time he came to the plate 
because of his strength and because of, of what you had seen him do against Louisville. But those guys really just hit as, as new guys, as newcomers. And, and regardless of what level you're coming from, you have to acclimate to new surroundings. I thought those guys did that really well last year. And, and now, collectively, it's like, you know, Baker's had uh, had some bright spots, and, and I think he's going to be better than he was last year in terms of consistency. I, I think he'll get there, but just not seeing that right now uh, from that group collectively, and and that's, you know, th- those are big bats in the lineup that need to come through. Yeah, that that's production from last year that, that we're not getting right now. You, I mean, now, Leatherwood, pretty good game last night. You know, had three hits. Scored a couple runs, a couple RBIs, but 259. Baker, 235. Van Cleve, 211. Ben Van Cleve threw 17 games last year, was hitting 380. You know, uh, and again, it's, it's, can they get there? Sure, because they've been there. We've seen them do it. But, but the lack of production right now is what, if there is one knock on this team or if there's one question mark on this team, is, can they hit one through nine? Well, all those guys produced last year. So you know they can, but I mean, we're we're almost 10 games into this and and the the numbers at some point have got to start producing, or or I think you look elsewhere at some point. Is it about a scouting report on those guys? Is this just about uh, the other teams know about them now, had a little more time to work on them, pitching them differently? Is that what's going on here? Yeah, 100%, 100%. And, and that goes back to what you were talking about earlier. They've got to get acclimated to that. Teams are making adjustments on them. They've got to make adjustments now. You know, the word's out. I mean, Baker, that first weekend versus Louisville, just crushes two fastballs in the, in the left center out of the park. Well, he's not going to see many of those anymore, you know. And and they may show him fastball up around the letters, but but once they sh- once he showed he'd swing and miss at the breaking ball low and away, that's a, that's about all he's seen. Um, and, and so he's got to make that adjustment. Um, and I think a lot of it has to do with – and this is just coming from Coach Clement. At some point when, when he's healthy, we need Peyton Chagney at that. You know, he's just kind of that spark plug that gets you going and – just kind of that energy, and 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 one guy's not going to win or lose your games, but the the energy that kid has brought for two years now, it, it, you kind of see, you know, that we're kind of missing him right now. Yeah, and still at least a week away on Peyton Chatagnier, according to Mike Bianco last night. Uh, Hams, and you hope it's just a week, you know, because hamstrings can be tricky. But uh, what does it mean for others in the lineup when you have that guy? Obviously, his bat alone, like you said, is not going to win or lose games for you. What does it mean to how other guys are pitched? Well, it, it well number one, it takes that. I mean, Peyton does it all offensively. So, I mean, he, he can hit the ball out of the ballpark. He, he's going to steal your bases. Um, so, it's hard to replace that with, with just a few guys. But – now you're having to move a, a, a freshman Gonzalez to lead off, who's obviously that's that's a that's a tall task for a freshman. Um, and, and then you're having to shuffle guys around and, and play. You know, you're just plugging and playing at this point, hoping somebody gets hot. And T.J. McCants has been pretty good, um, but again, you're playing with so many freshmen just simply because Shatney's out of the game. Now, I think it'll help when Lafleur gets back. 
uh, H pack. You've been kind of dinged up a yeah. few games and nothing major. They just were kind of giving him some time to, to get healthy. But I think he brings a lot back to the lineup. I, I think once we can get closer to that lineup we had in Arlington, the better off we're going to be. But yeah. I don't. You don't rush Peyton Chatney. Right. Right. You don't. And and I think Lafleur gets back. I think we'll see some more bats from him uh, th- this weekend. Did Tim Elko look differently to you Tuesday and, and last night? Uh, he was three for six, had a couple of home runs. Uh, um, at the least, maybe he takes some confidence away from this week. Yeah, he has to. I mean, the guy was hitting .90, I think, going into Tuesday. and is up to almost 200. Uh, and, man, because it's early is why there's so much fluctuation in the batting average, and, and you can't look into that. I was telling uh, David Kellum last night, for me, it's more about the quality of swings. Uh, and you probably remember this as well, Parrish, but the ball wasn't carrying Tuesday against Memphis. Mm-hmm. And he hit a ball about in that fourth inning to dead center that their center fielder made an unbelievable play on up against the wall. And, and on a normal day, that ball is probably over the monster. And uh, so he's getting a lot better swings off. Now, I still think he's swinging and missing at some balls up above the the numbers, you know, around the letters. Um, but clearly, he's not fouling as many balls off. That, that's what lets me know as a hitter. If, if you're fouling a bunch of balls off that are right down the heart of the plate, then you're you're not on pitches like you should be. Uh, and he was fouling a lot of balls off to right field, you know. So I think the timing's getting there. But, yeah, I mean, he's hit two home runs in two games now. So confidence-wise, he's got to be getting back to – the Tim we kind of saw last year. Yeah, and, and he is such a big part of, of where they want to go offensively uh, with this team. Uh, what did you think of, uh, of pitching in the two games? Tyler Myers, uh, I didn't get to see uh, his uh, two innings last night, but it looked like he just really uh, uh, just set him up and set him down. Yeah, he faced six batters, and we knew that going into it. He was just going to pitch two innings, but – he threw thir- uh, 17 pitches, 14 strikes. Uh, we had him on after the game and just kind of telling the story about how mentally and physically he got over the got over the Tommy John. And, uh, yeah, he was really sharp. And, you know, we jumped out and got seven runs at the bottom of the first pair. So that game kind of got ugly in a hurry. Uh, but, again, the staff, you know, they gave up one run uh, late. Uh, but th- this, this pin is really, really deep. And I think that – because they know they're, they have limited uh, opportunities just because the starters get you so many. Uh, the battle between those bullpen guys kind of keeps that energy, keeps that competitiveness. So, my Mike's just got so many weapons he can go to in that pen. But, again, the thing for me is we've got to score more runs because it's a lot easier pitching when you go in and we're up six to one than it is you go in and we're up two to one, not knowing we're not going to score a bunch of runs. You know what I'm saying? Right. But if, but if you go in there knowing, man, we, we're kind of banging the ball all over the yard, I, it's okay if I give up a run or two. But Yeah, and I think about Doug Nikhazy last Friday night against UCF. I mean, he makes a couple of mistakes. I mean, uh, look, uh, you make a mistake in the field, sometimes uh, you can overcome that. You can overcome that a whole lot more than uh, uh, make a mistake and it leaves the park. But, you know, but you, you, you gotta, you gotta have some support there, man. And, you know, the two home run balls late in the game, uh, look, if, if you're scoring, you can forgive that from the Casey and, and, right. and these guys is as good and consistent as they're going to be these starters. 
they're going to need that support. And uh, yeah, even uh, Derek Diamond, you know, while they, they hit him a little bit, he left some pitches in the zone. But, he, again, you know, if Ole Miss is scoring a little bit, that game just has a really different feel during his five innings. Yeah, it, it's just the margin of error in some of these weekend games is so small. Yeah, if if, if Doug carries a a, a four to one lead or a five to one lead into the seventh inning against UCF and gives up two homers, yeah, now that 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 they they've narrowed the gap, but but you still got a lead and you can go to that bullpen and and so they're going to get better. But that's that's been the thing for me, just sitting up there calling games is. Whoa, no, you know, it, you don't want to have that pressure. Boy, I've got to have a perfect inning or my, my, it's just razor thin on, on, you know, whether, whether I make this play or don't make this play could cost us the game. You know, you, you like that little bit of cushion and, and, it, and it's not so much cushion as it is. Even when I played, we, our pitching wasn't very good, but we always felt like we were in it because we were going to swing, you know, and, uh, and so I think that would help the pitchers tremendously, just knowing that offense is can get them back in it if they do give up, you know, two solo solo home runs in the seventh inning. Have you guys spoken at all about Belmont uh, coming in? You know anything about them? I see them at three and two. I, I know that there are a couple of good programs in the Nashville area. Belmont's one that uh, you know has put some players in the major leagues, and you know they have a little bit of history there. I, I, I expect they'll be uh, competitive. Yeah, I mean, they'll come in here, and obviously for them, it'll be a huge weekend getting to play a top-five team. And you're right, that they'll that Nashville area's got some good baseball. And, and I know Coach uh, Bianco was uh, thought they would be run some weekend guys out there that, that were really good. Uh, and, and anytime you're not banging the ball all over the yard and you run three pretty good weekend guys out there that keep you in it, anything can happen. So – uh, haven't gone over the scouting reports on them yet. Haven't seen uh, many of the numbers. Uh, but, again, it's it's an opportunity for a smaller school to come into an yeah. SEC place and, and try and wreak some havoc. Yeah, but it makes a difference uh, who you have out there on the mound. That one guy can can really, really set a tone, can control things. And and, and that's especially – of course, y'all, you know that. You know that every game uh, against a hot pitcher – but that takes on a, a little bit of a different meaning if you're still trying to find yourself offensively. And I think uh, Ole Miss is still trying to do that. Uh, from what you've seen uh, without Chatagnier in the lineup, uh, uh, who do you like best? What's your best combination to second base? And what do you think is the best option for Ole Miss out there? Well, I think you have to stay with TJ right now. Uh, and, and that's not a knock against Garrett Wood. It's just I think TJ has been pretty good. Uh, I, I think he's swung the bat well. Um, I, he's made the routine plays, uh, and he just he gives you another left-handed bat in the lineup. And 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 I, I think when it's all said and done, TJ is going to be an everyday starter. Probably not this year, but but I think he kind of reminds me of that Justin Bench role. You know, Justin came into Oxford as as a shortstop. He's kind of moved around, so I, I think the more at bats TJ can get, and as long as he's producing. You know, going into last night, he was hitting 333. I think he, you know, he's down to 280 or 290, but he's right in the middle of that pack. And he's had some big hits. Uh, so the game's starting to slow down for him a little bit. But, I, you know, a year from now, two years from now, I think he's an everyday starter. So the more he can play now, the better off he's going to be in the long run. 
I, I tell you what, you, you brought up Bench there, man. I, and again, some of the plays he's made this year, just phenomenal. And, and at different positions, uh, infield, outfield, you know, back to home plate, catching balls, uh, preventing runs from scoring, and, you know, and, and did that as, as the second baseman in shallow center field. And then also as a center fielder back, you know, running towards the wall. So, you know, great start uh, for Justin Bench. And it, and it didn't come quickly at the plate. But now he's uh, he's up what close to four hundred? What is he around uh, you know uh, three seventy in that range? Yeah, yeah. He he was uh, like you said, he kind of slow start, you yeah. know, to the season. And and going into yesterday, he he was hitting over five hundred in his last four or five games. Yeah, uh, with seven RBIs, a home run, a triple. I mean, so it's it's he's starting to play really well. But yeah, you're. You hit the nail on the head, man. He has played as good a center field uh, as I've seen. And, and I tell you, obviously, yeah. they put him at second with, with Peyton out, and he's made some unbelievable play. But to, to put him out there in center field where it was – I was kind of iffy going in. You know, I didn't know if he could get to a lot of balls. That, that But, man, he's he's been lights out. He has been point. as good as I have seen out there. And I didn't think – you know, I thought he would just be serviceable. But uh, defensively, he's been really, really good. And Ole Miss has had some good ones. You know, sure. Had some really good ones. So uh, sure. I think about uh, that uh, catch by Ryan Olenek in center at the Super Regional uh, yeah, in Arkansas in 2019. And, and uh, look, been some good defensive uh, center fielders. And certainly uh, uh, Justin Bench has gotten off to a great start there. Folks, that'll wrap us up for this edition of Justify Your Existence. We thank you for clicking in. With us today, be sure to check out our Ole Miss coverage at djournal.com. Find that drop-down menu on the left, scroll down to the Ole Miss page, and watch the stories flow. We're on Facebook also, Ole Miss Discussion with Parrish Alford. Lots of good things there. Thanks for being with us, folks. Come back and join us tomorrow.